The information and opinions contained in this podcast are completely from the individuals at the point of recording. It does not reflect the views of the organizations and employers past, present and future. It is for information and entertainment purposes only. The producers make no representation or warranty as to its adequacy, completeness, accuracy or timeliness for any particular purpose and it is not necessarily indicative of the future or likely performance. Uncool is recorded on Audio-Technica mics. We are all multi-dimensional people, right? And people are multi-dimensional and we are all multi-hyphenates. On the note of multi-hyphenates, today we've got Dennis. Dennis is a Dennis is a multi-hyphenate in many, 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 many things. Yes. So let's run this down, right? He's a tertiary education lecturer. He's published a book before. Uh, he's a financial advisor. He's multiple small business owner, and we all have the same twenty-four hours a day. So, Dennis, why not you just introduce yourself in case I missed out any of these hyphens? Wow! Or, or, or you add, maybe you added more hyphens in the yeah, last actually, one week. I'm also an actor. <laughs> that's something that a lot of people miss out as well. Uh, but uh, I get it a lot. That's fine. Um, yeah, I am. You know, sometimes called a lecturer who acts or maybe an actor who lectures as well. I'm also being called as a freelancer, maybe a businessman or an entrepreneur. I guess uh, it is more about, you know, what you like to be called and what you like to do in life. But uh, generally, I think I'm just very passionate about my my life and the things that I do as well. So what's your psychology towards money? It can be quite philosophical. Uh, money is the root of all evil. I do think uh, that is true, so true. Money is also the root of all uh, opportunities and possibilities, right? So it is uh, two sides to a coin. Uh, if we look at just chasing money blindly, I think that might not be a good end to it. But if we are letting money chase after us, right, and that uh, we allow ourselves to immerse into the things that we do well, uh, the passion that we are all seeking, then I think that is for a good reason. So I think with regards to the psychology of money, um, it really depends on uh, what is your whole take about money. But um, I, I do think that that's important. Money is important, obviously, because money helps you to achieve your goals, uh, to get to where you want to be. But at the same time, if we are not very careful with money, right, we might also fall into the wrong side of the equation as well. Yeah. One thing is to allow money to make money for you. So allow money to work for you. I think that's very important. Um, and have a game plan, right? Know uh, what are some uh, sources of income that you can actually have. Uh, create some kind of ecosystem for yourself and uh, allow that to run. Um, and then if that works well, just continue and then uh, just go on to other pursuits. So I also use the four quadrants very co- uh, commonly. I use that a lot in terms of shipping uh, my own uh pursuit in terms of money as well. There are four different sources of income, right? So we grew up thinking that, oh, you know, we have to work for an employer all the time in order for us to get our money, right? So that's the monthly salary. Uh, After reading that, I realized that, wow, there's actually a lot of different ways in which we can get money as well. So I then went on to become a businessman. That was when I started to um, open up a food massage business that was in 2012. And then I allowed the business to run itself and then I realized that, hey, actually, I don't need to work so hard. You know, I just have to create my ecosystem or infrastructure, find my workers, and then the money just come. So I realized that, wow, that really gives me a lot of flexibility 
right, for me to travel and achieve my own goals as well. Then slowly, I went on to do part-time teaching. You know, I was a full-time lecturer with Tomasic Poly, and that's where I got my experience and know-how. And then I went on to go into different uh, part-time uh, sort of uh, teaching in different schools. And then I realized, oh, wow, that's possible. You know, I can actually intersperse my different timing and then I can just go to different spots. Then as I do that, I also went into financial planning and also PR uh, management. I mean, it was a, a very scary uh, because I was actually doing a lot of things at one time, at, at one go. Um, but uh, there was some kind of uh, change in 2020 before the pandemic. I sold the business away. Uh, which is food massage business. And then I realized that, wow, I can really focus more, right? Because at one point, I felt that I was doing too much. Mm, okay. So when you are making such decisions, right, about what to go to or, or you know, what new business to try, what new venture to try, what new um, experience to, you know, dive into, what is on the top of your mind? Because I think for a lot of people, something that pushes them to do something or even holds them back, you know, it can work both ways, it is, unfortunately, the idea of money, right? It is... How much can it earn me? Yeah. All right. I have this mantra about loving what you do and doing what you love. Mm. I think once you find that, then you found what is your sole purpose of staying alive and, you know, what keeps you going all the time. So you definitely have to love what you do. All right. And that uh, the moment you wake up and then you dread going to your work, that is a time where you have to reassess your priorities. Um, at the same time, I think it is important to know what you're good at from the onset, you know, when we are young, you know, the moment we go to schools and when we go to universities, I think it is important to explore what we love. You know, the problem with a lot of young people right now is that they just want a general degree. They say, oh, I, I want to study a business degree because I don't know what to do in future. Right? Even some people, you know, at this age, you know, when they are like in their mid-20s, even at their first job or second job, they think that, oh, this is temporal. Um, I'm not going to do that in the long run. So actually, you're buying time to sort of like explore something that you're not sure yet, but actually, there's a lot of opportunity costs. So if you can know what you like to do, you know, while you're young, um, that is actually a blessing, right? Once you know that, then I think if you dedicate yourself, uh, dedicate yourself to it and then work towards it, I believe that one day you will be able to see your results and I think that's important but I also feel that a lot of young people they just haven't had that opportunity right so they they don't know they really don't know until they go and try it stems from the fact that there's no urgency right a lot of young people nowadays you know as they grew up uh, because they come from a rich family they have a lot of wealth to begin with maybe from the family so they are in a very very good mode right of life in which they do not need to work hard but if we look at our parents, right, people who grew uh, grew up in the 60s, 70s and 80s, actually, to be honest, a lot of them, they work very hard, right? So they really saw that, you know, if you work hard, you can achieve what you really want. But I think a lot of young people nowadays, I guess it is also the problem that uh, we are seeing with technology and social media is that things come a little bit easier, right? So um, they don't see that working hard is important and dedicating yourself to something all right, and then working towards it, right? That's important, right? Because there's this instant gratification that we talk a lot nowadays, where we want results to be fast, right? If we don't get promoted, or right, I'm just gonna switch jobs, um, a lot of young people are dreaming about about being an entrepreneur, right? Because it's so cool and sexy to do so, right? But I started my career working for seven to eight years in 
regional marketing for a few corporations. And that's where I learned the hard way. That's where I was able to synthesize the different things all together. You know, I pick a little bit from here and there. I understand how to navigate my different stakeholders. And then I became where I am in, in terms of teaching and also being a, uh, an actor and also doing what I, I love most. So there is this problem nowadays where young people think that, oh, you know, there are a lot of quick fixes. It is cool to call yourself a boss. I want to be an entrepreneur. I can start something. But actually, they don't have real sort of experiences, if you get what I mean. But I don't think it's incorrect either. I mean, yeah, there's not a short-term thinking today uh, compared to your parents' generation. I guess, especially when it comes to to I mean, using back using the money example again, I think the same can can be said for the way people invest, right? I mean, previously your parents, I guess, conventionally will probably buy, let's say, a stock and then they hold it for forever. They buy and hold forever for like twenty years, and they never want to sell it basically. And then they hope that they can like one buffer their way through it and compound it and compound it. On the flip side, look at the younger, younger generation who are let's say doing buying these instruments stocks derivatives or that they are looking at because they have a lot of technology they can for one they can start trading on their phone and i don't think our parents could <laughs> and, and they have all sorts of instruments their their idea of patience is like oh one year six months one year or even less this year for example the markets will tell you yeah buying whole forever was a, isn't as good a, it's just it's just that it's all about patience i think it's it's, it's a it's a whole concept about patience so to you what kind of patience do you what kind of runways do you give yourself for all these sort of uh, jobs that you or all these uh, projects that you undertake and you know in your life wow um so when it comes to patience it really depends on uh what you're seeking right if you are looking at monetary returns and there are really bread and butter issues to solve you have someone that you need to really take care then i think you need uh, the practical approach right to your uh wealth right you need to really earn the money and then you need to take care of your pets or maybe your kids but if you are coming from a more privileged position and then you're trying to seek for some kind of exploration or um, inspiration or you're sticking your passion, then I think you can stretch it longer, right? You can stretch it maybe three to five years, try to uh, mold it, harness it, and then see if this is something that can grow into something bigger, right? Because things don't happen so easily. You need to build that infrastructure. You need to build your team. You need to build the people who believe in, in you as well. And then slowly you might see results. When I first started my food massage business, I took one year to break even. And that was, in fact, pretty fast. Yeah, it's very Ooh, good. Actually. Uh, very good. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect that to happen, but I was also working very hard, was camping there every night. You know, on weekends, I was there serving customers as well. And then because I saw the opportunity and back then the demand was great for all these food massage kind of services. So then I just plunged into it and then I didn't realize that it's going to uh, flourish and that actually helped me to open up my second and then my third shop as well. So timeline is actually something that is quite vague, right? It depends on how uh, I mean, fast, subjective, you know, very subjective. Yeah, it's very subjective. But the PR outfit that I have been uh, managing, um, I lost a lot of money in the beginning, you know, <laughs> uh, in which I actually started with a blogger friend. So I... Sorry, but when you say when you say a lot, Rob, like what, like for context, is it five figure, six figure? Oh, lots I mean, of money. Oh, maybe maybe uh, not. I mean, in in a sense, maybe five figure that kind of uh, amount. In the, in, in the um, high end or the low end? 
Just, just uh, to put context no, for our, no end, no end, no end, no, just for our listeners to get, uh, to get very much a risk taker. But after like many years, because now I'm still doing the influencer marketing for a few clients, I now realize that hey, actually, you know, I don't need to employ so many people, and I kept the name, I kept my credentials and my business, and uh, clients keep coming. And now I saw that oh, maybe after like seven to eight years. I'm seeing more of the returns coming back. So it is strange, you know, something that I kept for so long. I even wanted to just close off the company, but I didn't, you know, because the, the situation is so ripe for influencer marketing right now. And I, I get uh, clients, you know, coming to me as well. And I was able to also serve them well. And that's now I'm seeing the returns, so to speak. Lah. Yeah. So timeline is very strange. I mean, I have been in the acting industry for seven years. I don't want to say I have results yet. Um, I've been in the teaching industry for 15 years. I think I'm quite established in what I've been doing and I love what I've been doing. Um, so it's also a marathon. Uh. I mean, they say that the longer you stay in an industry, <laughs> the more results you will see, right? It's, it's really the stamina, right? Some people, you know, if you keep staying in the industry, you know, you meet the right people, you um, leash on to the right opportunities, uh, one day you will see the results. Uh, how would you, I mean, what makes you want to start something new at any point of time or time? Yeah, uh, I mean, any that's point a very interesting time. question. Yeah. I'm, I'm someone who's quite bored all the time. Whenever I feel that I'm very settled and that something doesn't excite me anymore, uh, I'll try to, you know, just look at different things. Of course, it is within certain means, right? The stage of your life, uh, your resources, your know-how. So uh, we tend to take on this uh, very inquisitive mindset. Lah, and that when the opportunity comes, then you need to grab it. And then you need to uh, hold on to it and then try to see if something can be uh, sort of um, grown and mold from there, yeah. or maybe you can grow from there as well. I mean, for food massage, I started when I actually went to some uh, food massage places. I enjoy the food vexillology a lot. And then I, I just told myself, oh, why not I just start something? Because I love foot massages myself. <laughs> and that's how I started. So why not just open yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, just, why not just open one? And I just went around. I was just, I was just looking at uh, all these uh, business for sale website. And then uh, coincidentally, someone was trying to let go of the shop. I went to meet this person. Uh, we settled on a price. And then I just went on with it. So, so you know how to, do you know how to do it yourself? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't uh, learn. That's why he <laughs> hires people to do it. <laughs> Speaking of hiring people, have you ever considered hiring help to feature your business or your project? The Uncool Podcast could help you do just that. When you're on the Uncool Podcast, you can tell your brand's meaningful story on different platforms at once. And the best part is that we will do most of the job for you. It's easy and it sounds completely cool to me. Just reach out to us at contact at creativesatwork.asia or drop us a DM to find out why it's a cool idea and how you can do that. You were talking about, you know, this you when you get comfortable and then that's when you want to to go out. But um and you're talking also about, you know, how the young the younger generation coming up, I, I feel they feel that earlier. They feel like, oh, I always want to try something new. But they might not be at that stage where they're that comfortable enough to even financial financially ready to to start exploring different things and start uh, they're still at the exploratory stage or trying to find out what they're good at so for yourself you know was it at a certain stage in your career that you started to do this or where you felt a little bit more comfortable 
Or was it from the get go that you just started? I want to do this. I want to do this, and then you just build your experience. I was rather pragmatic about it. I tend to be very pragmatic um, towards my choices and decisions. So I was able to do that because I was doing full time teaching in Temasek Poly, and I got the blessings from my uh, boss. So I actually told her that I'm going to start a business. I actually went into full time teaching thinking that I can do a business. In which I later realized that oh I had to declare and all that, <laughs> so I was quite ignorant. Uh, but I actually had a full time salary to sort of help me along, and then I plunged into that kind of business investment. So I didn't actually had nothing, and then I went on to do something for a lot of things as well. When I went to acting, I wasn't like plunging into it full time, but because I had my other sources of income, I was able to then dabble into that. I was able to go for courses. I was able to uh, go for auditions. I was able to spend weekends, um, you know, just meeting up with uh, directors and friends and all that. So uh, I make sure I have something that I can hold on to before I went on to the next pursuit. If you know what I mean, yeah. So it's not something so, that I just punch. So, so it's, it's very, very measured. Very, very slow. It's a slow yeah. build. Yeah. Uh, which is something I think is something that the current generation is going to have a problem with, right? I mean, be, be accepting store builds and so that because everything for them is really quick. Like if I want to go yeah, eat, yeah. it's like if I want to eat something, I'm just going to take my phone, call it, and it's here in my house in 20 minutes. Versus us where, you know, you have to like put on your shoes, go out of the house, and go down one hour to go get it. If I don't want to do it, then I'll have to delay the gratification. It doesn't have to happen anymore. So my advice is to dedicate yourself uh, to a position at least for three to five years, really, really be disciplined about it. Go through the whole process of, you know, uh, being habitual, uh, you know, being routine, and then just continue to be good at that. So once you have that, your grounding, you know, your, your base well, then you slowly try to venture into something more exciting, right? Maybe you try to start an online store or you start to do uh, YouTubing or you can uh, start to manage your IG account, or you go into cryptocurrency, but you still have a core that you are very uh, used to, and then uh, make sure that when you get into that position, you also try to learn as much as possible, not from the job itself, but from your peers and also from your superiors as well. Mm, so keep an open mind, right, at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there's this... Um, this is something that we asked uh, our previous guests as well, where the, the, the concept or the idea of enough, right? I think everybody has a very different idea of what is enough to them. Um, so for you, who is always looking for something different... It is relative, definitely. It depends on the stage of your life. It depends on your life goals. It depends on who you're serving. And of course, your calling uh, largely, uh, you know, why, why you want to do what you want. So uh, whether it is enough or not, I always have this mantra that you have to spend it. You know, I feel that a lot of us, we want to accumulate our wealth because we are all looking at the future. And this future that's always so uncertain that, you know, we are constantly thinking about retirement and all that. So that makes us want to save up, right? And it's never enough. But actually what we lack is that um, there's this lack of emphasis of the now, which is... Actually, we are living and we are breathing and we are experiencing everything that is important, which is at this juncture. So to me, uh, spending what you have within reasonable means, I think that's so crucial because I think we ought to be good to ourselves, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, so, so my point is that we always have a reason to spend 
all right, and that you need to spend so that you can accumulate more. That's that's my own personal mantra. So, so you need to spend money to make money. I think that's that's so true, right? Because we always have to take stock of what we have, you know, and life is a journey and, and we always have to be in this process of giving and taking, giving and taking. Mm. But but on that note on that note though, life is also very tends to go off script also, right? I mean you can you can make plans and plans, but nobody really makes plans for things not going to plan. Yeah. Yeah. So that, isn't I mean based on Murphy's law, things are going to happen, but uh, if we are constantly thinking that the worst will happen, then we are always not taking that risk to enjoy ourselves, you know, to really uh, see things from a different standpoint and really just live, you see. We're always fearing what's going to happen, right? Yeah. But I- I'm very curious to know, though, what, what would Dennis Stowe, the licensed financial advisor, tell you, though? If you took that perspective of for Dennis, a financial advisor, then what would, would you be saying the same thing? I actually have my own dilemmas because as a financial planner, I do have to get people to save up. I need to get people to invest and plan and all that, right? So that's very much against what a financial planner will say. And, uh, yeah, but and, at the same yeah. time, I also had this thought that life is short, you know. Don't need to plan so much, you know. You just have to embrace every moment, embrace your now and just live life in your own means and your own way. And I guess once you reach that point, it will just take care of itself. So I do have that kind of philosophical uh, standpoint as well, which is quite bad. But of course, you know, if you are truly looking at financial planning and the importance of money, I do think that the big ticket items have to be taken care of and that would be medica- um, um, hospitalization, uh, life insurance and also personal accident. All right? I, I mean, we are talking about probability lah, in which if something bad is to happen, you know, it might happen and that you have to take care of all these as well. So, I mean, from that standpoint, we do need to prepare for all these uh, possibilities or uh, potential situations. But I think what you say is true. I think it's it's just because um like what you mentioned, right? You you ha- you have your foundations. You are covered. You have something to fall back against and I think that's always very important. I know it also goes against that what some people say about entrepreneurs and you have to just go all in and you know give yourself no way back. That's one school of thought. But if you want to be practical about it and you want to explore different things without having a heart attack at every moment, you know, make sure you've got your grounds covered and not, you know, something happens and there it goes, your life savings are gone, you can't support your parents, you can't bring you can't feed your kids. So if you have something already very stable, I think that gives you that freedom already to some extent to just try as much as you want. I mean, not as much as you want. But to a certain extent, it's like you're going to a gambling table, but you know you you have a bottom line, right? Once you lose a certain amount of money, that's when you're going to 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 walk away. But you have you have that freedom to lose that amount of money if you so if it happens, Of course, you don't wish for it to happen, right? So one of the things that we've also noticed is that you tend to diversify outside of the creative industry. Right, uh, I you're not the only one, but a lot of times I think when people are looking at diversifying, the first thing that they look inside is within the industry, right? They they an actor they might go into directing. It's, it's, it's like it's like sidestepping. Yeah, it's it's entirely different as well. When you say food reflexology, I'm like, what? How did that come about? For me, I always feel that we have many talents to explore. We are not just confined to one area of interest. Uh, my core is definitely mass communications and acting, performing and uh, creative arts and all that. 
But I do think that as we grow older, we would, you know, chance upon things that we never knew that we can do. I think that's always a possibility. Uh, and the problem with a lot of uh, people right now is that we tend to over overly specialize. And then when we become too dedicated to one thing, then we think that, oh, we can't do other stuff, all right? Because there's a lot of opportunity cost involved as well. So I do think that that is like a mindset that I had and that everyone should have. And that because I am curious in general, I try to explore different things when I meet different people. So sometimes when I meet very interesting people, then it will bounce off new ideas. I never know, right? But of course, the mind must be open for, for the idea itself, right? If we are always very close-knitted and then we think, oh, it's not possible, then we're just going to close off that uh, idea itself. So for book writing, which I wrote this 101 Ways to Get Publicity, it was also something that I was quite fearful. I didn't actually have the experience, but I thought for myself, why not, you know? So I just went into some researching and then I wrote it uh, within uh, maybe six months. And then I just Googled self-publishing and I just did it myself. So a lot of times it's just that fear that you're not going to succeed. You you know, people are going to laugh at you and people are just going to judge you. But once you realize that, you know, you you put that into action and then it becomes something that is real, you realize that, hey, oh, wow, it's actually possible. But a lot of times what's stopping us is that we feel that we are being judged by doing all these things. I mean, at this point, at times I might hear people saying, that, oh, Dennis Toh does a lot of things. So I could say, well, it's your opinion. I think I really do a lot of things. Or I can also think, oh, then, you know, would they think that, oh, I'm a jack of all trade and master of none or that would I be, uh, you know, not used for acting because I'm a lecturer. Likewise, if I'm like pushing too much of my acting stuff, you know, people think that I can't teach. So I do have that, all these thoughts coming in, but I just say, heck it, I'm just going to do what I like. <laughs> so, so it's just how I approach my own work. Lah. I mean, and how I slowly venture into many areas. But I must say, at my age right now, I'm actually stopping. At my age right now, I'm telling myself, I don't want to do too much. I want to slow down. I just want to dedicate to that few core. So I am not actually opening up too much. If you get what I mean, yeah, because I'm actually 45 this year already. So there'll be no more food reflexology yeah, uh, permutations point, from that. I would say that <laughs> that is a journey and that was a learning process and that I learned uh, very important points from that uh, episode. And then I move on to the next. I mean, is it you say you you you've learned many things? Is it so? What, oh yeah, what, I mean, for food massage, I learned that uh, no one is gonna love your business uh, as much as yourself. <laughs> if you are a business owner, you are the only one who who will like love your 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 brand, and no one you know as much as if you get so close with you, they they will just forsake you one day. You know, it's like, it's like brand loyalty is dead, isn't it? Yeah, in, in, in general, brand loyalty is dead. I mean, yeah, there definitely. could be so many options nowadays. No one's just going to say, I'm only going to use this or fly this airline only and so on because it's just it's just too many choices. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. That's right. And, but you, you also love your passive income. I think who does not, right? But you're clearly doing it. You're doing something right. You're doing something correctly, successfully because... Many people will think like, yes, I want to build passive income, so I'm going to do this. But it turns out unsuccessful or worse, you know, you lose money. So how can freelancers do this successfully? And that, that is a story we are going to know in the next episode. So, we got, so tune up 
Tune in to the next episode. Dennis is going to tell us exactly. He's going to hold that thought. He's going to tell us exactly what you can, uh, why he loves his passive income and what you can actually do uh, well, to maybe improve your chances of success. Do drop us a like and remember to click follow on our podcast. Also, tell your friends about us. Drop us a five-star rating because we know it is cool to be uncool. Uncool was recorded on Audio-Technica mics. <laughs>